0: chapter nineteen of at the back of the north wind this librivox recording is in the public domain at the back of the north wind by george macdonald chapter nineteen diamond's friends one day when old diamond was standing with his nose in his bag between pall mall and cockspur street and his master was reading the newspaper on the box of his cab which was the last of a good many in the row little diamond got down for a run for his legs were getting cramped with sitting and first of all he strolled with his hands in his pockets up to the crossing where the girl and her broom were to be found in all weathers just as he was going to speak to her a tall gentleman stepped upon the crossing he was pleased to find it so clean for the streets were muddy and he had nice boots on so he put his hand in his pocket and gave the girl a penny BUT WHEN SHE GAVE HIM A SWEET SMILE IN RETURN, AND MADE HIM A PRETTY curtsey, HE LOOKED AT HER AGAIN AND SAID, ''WHERE DO YOU LIVE, MY CHILD?'' ''PARADISE ROW,'' SHE ANSWERED, ''NEXT DOOR TO THE ADAM AND EVE, DOWN THE AREA.'' ''Whom do you live with?'' HE ASKED. ''MY WICKED OLD GRANNY,'' SHE REPLIED. ''YOU SHOULDN'T CALL YOUR GRANNY WICKED,'' SAID THE GENTLEMAN. ''BUT SHE IS,'' SAID THE GIRL. "'looking up confidently in his face. "'If you don't believe me, you can come and take a look at her.' "'The words sounded rude, but the girl's face looked so simple "'that the gentleman saw she did not mean to be rude, "'and became still more interested in her. "'Still, you shouldn't say so,' he insisted. "'Shouldn't I? Everybody calls her wicked old granny, "'even them that's as wicked as her. "'You should hear her swear. There's nothing like it in the row.' "'Indeed, I assure you, sir, there's ne'er one of them can shut my granny up once she begins to get's right a-going. You must put her in a passion first, you know. It's no good till you do that. She's so old now. How she do make em laugh, to be sure!' Although she called her wicked, the child spoke so as plainly to indicate pride in her granny's pre-eminence in swearing the gentleman looked very grave to hear her for he was sorry that such a nice little girl should be in such bad keeping but he did not know what to say next and stood for a moment with his eyes on the ground when he lifted them he saw the face of diamond looking up in his please sir said diamond her granny's very cruel to her sometimes and shuts her out in the streets at night if she happens to be late is this your brother asked the gentleman of the girl no sir how does he know your grandmother then he does not look like one of her sort oh no sir he's a good boy quite here she tapped her forehead with her finger in a significant manner what do you mean by that asked the gentleman while diamond looked on smiling the cabbies call him god's baby she whispered he's not right in the head you know a tile loose still diamond though he heard every word and understood it too kept on smiling what could it matter what people called him so long as he did nothing he ought not to do and besides god's baby was surely the best of names well my little man and what can you do asked the gentleman turning towards him just for the sake of saying something drive a cab said diamond good and what else he continued for accepting what the girl had said he regarded the still sweetness of diamond's face as a sign of silliness and wished to be kind to the poor little fellow nurse a baby said diamond well and what else clean father's boots and make him a bit of toast for his tea you're a useful little man said the gentleman what else can you do not much that i know of said diamond I can't curry a horse, except somebody puts me on his back, so I don't count that. Can you read? No, but mother and father can, and they're going to teach me some day soon. Well, here's a penny for you. Thank you, sir. And when you have learned to read, come to me, and I'll give you sixpence in a book with fine pictures in it. Please, sir, where am I to come?' asked diamond who was too much a man of the world not to know that he must have the gentleman's address before he could go and see him you're no such silly thought he as he put his hand in his pocket and brought out a card there he said your father will be able to read that and tell you where to go yes sir thank you sir said diamond and put the card in his pocket the gentleman walked away but turning round a few paces off saw diamond give his penny to the girl and walking slower heard him say i've got a father and a mother and little brother and you've got nothing but a wicked old granny you may have my penny the girl put it beside the other in her pocket the only trustworthy article of dress she wore her grandmother always took care that she had a stout pocket is she as cruel as ever asked diamond "'Much the same, but I gets more coppers now than I used to, "'and I can get summits to eat, "'and take Browns enough home besides to keep her from grumbling. "'It's a good thing she's so blind, though.' "'Why?' asked Diamond. "'Cause if she was as sharp in the eyes as she used to be, "'she would find out I never eats her broken wittles, "'and then she'd know I must get something somewheres.' "'Doesn't she watch you, then?' "'Of course she do. Don't she just?' but i make believe and drop it in my lap and then hitch it into my pocket what would she do if she found you out she'd never give me no more but you don't want it yes i do want it what do you do with it then give it to cripple jim who's cripple jim a boy in the row his mother broke his leg when he were a kid so he's never come to much but he's a good boy is jim and i love jim dearly i always keep off a penny for him leastways as often as i can but there i must sweep again for them buses makes no end of dirt diamond diamond cried his father who was afraid he might get no good by talking to the girl and diamond obeyed and got up again upon the box he told his father about the gentleman and what he had promised him if he would learn to read and showed him the gentleman's card. "'Why, it's not many doors from the mews,' said his father, giving him back the card. "'Take care of it, my boy, for it may lead to something. God knows in these hard times a man wants as many friends as he's ever likely to get.' "'Haven't you got friends enough, father?' asked Diamond. "'Well, I have no right to complain, but the more the better, you know.' "'Just let me count,' said Diamond.' and he took his hands from his pockets and spreading out the fingers of his left hand began to count beginning at the thumb there's mother first and then baby and then me next there's old diamond and the cab no i won't count the cab for it never looks at you and when diamond's out of the shafts it's nobody then there's the man that drinks next door and his wife and his baby they're no friends of mine said his father well they're friends of mine said diamond his father laughed much good they'll do you he said how do you know they won't returned diamond well go on said his father then there's jack and mr stonecrop and dearie me not to have mentioned mr coleman and mrs coleman and miss coleman and mrs crump and then there's the clergyman that spoke to me in the garden that day the tree was blown down what's his name i don't know his name where does he live i don't know how can you count him then he did talk to me and very kind-like too his father laughed again why <laughs> child you're just counting everybody you know that don't make them friends don't it i thought it did well but they shall be my friends i shall make them how will you do that they can't help themselves then if they would if i choose to be their friend you know they can prevent me then there's that girl at the crossing a fine set of friends you do have to be sure diamond surely she's a friend anyhow father if it hadn't been for her you would never have got mrs coleman and miss coleman to carry home his father was silent for he saw that diamond was right and was ashamed to find himself more ungrateful than he had thought then there's a the new gentleman diamond went on "'If he do as he say,' interposed his father. "'And why shouldn't he? "'I dare say sixpence ain't too much for him to spare. "'But I don't quite understand, father. "'Is nobody your friend but the one that does something for you?' "'No, I won't say that, my boy. "'You would have to leave out baby, then.' "'Oh, no, I shouldn't. "'Baby can laugh in your face and crow in your ears "'and make you feel so happy. "'Call you that nothing, father?' the father's heart was fairly touched now he made no answer to this last appeal and diamond ended off with saying and there's the best of mine to come yet and that's you daddy except it be mother you know you're my friend daddy ain't you and i'm your friend ain't i and god for us all said his father and then they were both silent for that was very solemn End of chapter 19 Recording by Maricel Cui